This week's episode is sponsored by Jagged Edge Productions and ITN Studios' Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2. Only in theaters, March 26th to March 28th. The suspenseful and thrilling sequel to last year's immense hit, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, amplifies the gore factor with ten times the number of kills to put fans both new and old at the edge of their seats. After Christopher Robin reveals their existence, Winnie the Pooh, Piglet, Tigger, and Owl land on the endangered species list as hard targets. Unwilling to hide in the shadows, the ultimate scream team embarks on a murderous rampage through the town of Ashdown to get their revenge on Christopher Robin, once and for all. So don't miss out, and mark your calendars to catch the limited engagement of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2, only in theaters March 26th to March 28th. Tickets are available now. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the owl, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG 13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This is the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. This has never happened before. It's suspicious. It's peculiar. It's scary. Boils and ghouls, lock your doors and strap yourselves in. From Los Angeles, California, Bloody Disgusting presents the Pooh Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more. With your hosts, Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. Hey, it's Trevor. And on behalf of myself, Lauren and Leo, welcome home to your Boo Crew. So excited about this week's guest. But before we get started, at time of release, if you're going to be in the LA area the weekend of December 2nd through 4th, we'll be hanging out at Season Screamings, a holiday horror convention at the Pasadena Convention Center with vendors, special guests, and more. We're going to be hosting a very cool panel on Sunday, December 4th with our good friends and master storytellers, all legends, writer-director Mike Flanagan, actors Kate Siegel, Alex Esso, Henry Thomas, and Annabeth Gish for the Flanniverse Reunion. We're going to be talking about everything from Midnight Mass to Haunting of Hill House, Doctor Sleep, Midnight Club, maybe a little of what's to come with future projects like the fall of the House of Usher. It's going to be a blast. And honestly, we don't even need to be there. All those brilliant talents up on that stage in no way need us in the way. So we're just honored to be in the same room. We hope you'll be there to make sure that we don't get booed. If so, most definitely come up and say hey. Tickets available at MidsummerScream.org. On to the order of the day and Episode 363, we are absolutely thrilled to welcome the multi-platinum powerhouse singer-songwriter Bishop Briggs. Immerse yourself in the dark mystique and catharsis wrapped into her incredibly transportive work. We talk about everything from her penchant for spooky imagery and love for Tim Burton to working alongside composer Will Bates for the recent satanic Netflix hit Devil in Ohio. 
Ruminate on the alchemy of melody and production, lyrics and phrasing, motherhood, life, love, Halloween, and so much more. Her new single, Superhuman, is out now. And not to throw you off, but we did record this just prior to Halloween, so a touch of time travel with this one. But hey, it's Halloween all the time for you and us, right? Episode 363 with Bishop Briggs is now slaying. Hey, this is Bishop Briggs, and you are creeping around the netherworld with my favorite spooksters, the Boo Crew. The lessons of the fire As we reach for something higher With as we all come to know Is the devil in Ohio Go ahead, scream, that's all we need Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy Joining Bloody Disgusting's Boo Crew via the Speakeasy Studio is an absolutely stunning multi-platinum creative force. She emerged from the ether back in 2016 with a track steeped in melodies and production, seemingly conjured from a shadow realm. A voice so powerful and poignant, its magic gave the entire world chills, like the refrain of a dark gospel. River at once violent and beautiful, became an instant hit, soaring to the top of three different Billboard charts and achieving number one on Spotify's Viral 50, Hype Machine, and countless others. After releasing her self-titled EP, her debut full-length, Church of Scars, became one of the most revered releases of that year, ruling the alternative and rock charts yet again, as she brought her music to stages all over the world with the likes of Coldplay, and as a storied performer you had to experience at the biggest festivals in music history, from Leeds to Lollapalooza, Coachella, and more. 2019 gave us Champion, a blissfully authentic soundtrack to catharsis that resonated with millions, earning accolades from the biggest publications in the industry and a Best Pop Artist Award. She has appeared on the most loved TV programs ever made. Her music has graced pop culture-defining feature films and series, and all this within the span of just over five years. The journey she takes us on continued over the past few months with the singles High Water, Art of Survival, getting over 7 million combined streams and growing, and most recently a time of recording, Revolution, each of which is just as unique as the last. She has an unreal ability to build worlds through song, so rich that they make you weep. Not in sadness, but because you've experienced something unforgettable that her unique alchemy seems to unlock. Her astonishing voice is immersive and awe-inspiring in the sense that with her songs, she allows you to live through that voice and something magnificent happens. It becomes that of our own. It's your battle cry when you feel powerless. Your truest friend who confides in you with the enchanting dark poetry of their most intimate secrets. And it is your triumphant siren song when the best is yet to come. We are honored to welcome the wonderful Bishop Briggs. Oh, yeah. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for the opportunity to speak with you. Okay. First of all. Thank you. But can we talk about what you just did? <laughs> oh my gosh. I need that framed and I need to. Put it next to my bed. Um, oh, you are, my, wow, you're such an incredible yeah. writer. Wow. No, that was my so God. Kind. Hey, wow. <laughs> what, you. what you do to listeners everywhere. I mean, that's the experience we all get. And every Aww. time we hear your music, it's all baked in. And yeah. that's one thing I wanted to kind of lead this off with is that immersiveness, that immersive quality of your music, the cinema of your songs. I oh. can't think of any other artist that casts a spell on the listener quite in the way that you do. 
the river, for example, has a phenomenal tension and release. Mm. It gives us chills. And going back to the EP, the way I do plays out kind of like a majestic action film score with harmonic surprises around every corner. And then recently, the overwhelming build of high water. Yes. And I, I realize I'm being kind of a spectacularly broad here. But how do you craft that experience for us? Wow. Okay. Well, that is very very lovely to hear like let me just start off by saying that um and just hearing someone passionately talk about music i think will always be refreshing um but for me it really starts with pretending no one will hear it ever (laughs) that's always the first step (laughs) um in terms of being my most authentic self uh because if i thought about any of the things that you just said i would you know probably curl up in a ball in the corner of the room which i do definitely (laughs) but Um, I would be there for a longer period of time just at the weight of uh, pressure that I would be putting on myself. So I think the first step really is about maintaining that privacy and, and, uh, and knowing that maybe one day it will be released in some way. Sure. But that helps with the diving into the vulnerability. Got it. Got it. Got it. Is there a special place you go to write? Ooh, um, Wherever my mental illness lives, <laughs> seems to <Everywhere>. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Different rooms of the house. No, um, yeah, I think whatever part of my brain that um, that goes there is, it, it can kind of happen anywhere. The most inconvenient place that it can happen is while I'm driving. Sure, oh, we right. want to be safe on the road, right? <laughs> right. Um, but you never know when inspiration is going to strike. So, yeah. would you yeah. pull over? Yes. Okay. Yes. And especially because we're being recorded, of course. I, <laughs> I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't sing into my phone at a red light. Of course not. not. Nothing like that. Oh, no. And what, no. what is the process? Like, do you enjoy sitting in front of a piano to write or is it a guitar or just write lyrics first? I mean, how does it work? Oh, okay. So I, I do love sitting at the piano. I have um, just these sort of emo chords that are my go-to chords. Oh, the minors. Pardon? All the minors. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a minor step down over and over. Nice. Um and uh and that generally will be where um things happen. You know, um it will most likely be the chorus. And in terms of lyrics, that's happening all the time. You know, I think that's something that I'm and and same with, you know, verse ideas and those are sort of the singing into the uh phone moments. Yeah. But I definitely try to make sure that if I'm talking to someone that is inspiring something, I don't do it while I'm in front of them. (laughs) I don't, (laughs) I don't want to um, make them uncomfortable in any way. Um, But I would say that it's probably a combination of all those things. And then sometimes you're in the room with someone and they start playing something, you know, that you would have never come up with. And now all of a sudden you're singing melodies that you never would have sung. Oh, interesting. Wow. I wanted to talk about production design and production elements because that's a big part of the visceral world of bishop Briggs, if you were you always act as almost a set decorator on each of your songs every track feels like a different room like you were saying a track like someone else is lit differently than champion Mm -hmm. and the sonic palette that you're pulling from is always unorthodox you'll often hear something maybe for a few seconds and never hear it again or you'll hear strange samples and sounds that end up becoming part of the dna of a track like i still love you kicks off with Mm -hmm. this interesting little sample on Mm -hmm. champions 
how laborious is that process and what informs that journey for you? Ooh, well, I think first and foremost, you want to be working with people that you trust and, and that excite you. And, and sometimes allowing that process to be whatever it's meant to be with, I still love you. The producer that I was working with is this person named Johnny and Johnny Coffer. And he, he can have moments like we all can of being quite self-deprecating. And he said, Oh, you know, let, let me play you some tracks. And, and he played just that little intro that you hear. And I still love you. He was like, Oh, well that's, that's not good. And anyway, and I, I was covered in goosebumps, wow. full of tears. Um, I looked down at my paper and my paper said like, but I still love you, you know? And I, you know, was just like, this is incredible. We need to write to this. And so I think it's finding those, like, just the same as I need to be pulled out of my shell. I think mm-hmm. it's also important that we do that for each other. So that's that's really like a part of the process that I enjoy a lot. Do you like wow. to build that room first with production and then live inside of it and let that inform your vocal performance? Or do you like to build the room around kind of the emotional arc of your vocal performance? Well, I love the metaphor a lot. I think all the rooms definitely start off very dark. Sure. And and they definitely never have a door, ever. And then I think it, it really comes down to like the motive in the song. And, and that's why it can feel so different. So a song like Champion, you know, I had to, I was seeking a song where I could constantly remind myself of something I didn't believe about myself mm-hmm. at all. But that's in the same body of work and the same sort of house as um, I Still Love You. And yeah, so I I think they all start off very dark, no doors. And then um, there can be little elements of design that can come in. But I love that metaphor. Got it. Well, so yeah, I find it all over your work. And another thing, you're a master at elevating specific lyrics with specific melodies and phrasing that light them ablaze, if that makes sense. You pair them in a way that elicits an emotional response from us listening. It's almost like phonetically empowering. The Mm -hmm. way that you make the decision to go into falsetto to elevate certain words in the bridge of higher water and then open up to that kind of guttural invocation of beauty on the choruses or in revolution you go breathy on the verses to weaponize the march that makes us feel like we can just get out there and do anything tell us about that quest for you as a songwriter and when you know you've arrived at kind of that perfect potion where where that mix is is uh, balanced oh my gosh well your attention to detail is the coolest thing ever um <laughs> uh no one ever talks about this and this is really cool i would say Growing up, I was in a gospel choir, and it was a very brief stint. Shout out to Mr. Hendricks. <laughs> and, uh, and it was so inspiring, and um, it got me really into gospel music. And a big thing with gospel music and writing gospel music and writing soul music is you basically are, you're just a body. You're a body that's existing, and there's like something higher than you working through you. And I, I don't know, you know, um, what any of those things in particular mean, you know, on, on a philosophical level. But I do know that when I am writing and when I'm singing, I feel, I feel just like a vessel. And so a lot of the things that you're detailing are things that feel almost out of my control. Um, but things that are so important to me, 
and everything you're describing are are things that I do when I'm truly being present in my body. And so um, that's why it's really cool to hear you notate it because I think that combo of where I began in music really is is how I write today and how I perform. So mm, yeah, definitely. So oh, it's interesting. Know, yeah, speaking of where you began, your your vocals. You have this. I mean, this this beautiful range. They were just hauntingly beautiful. You covered this whole dynamic range. Oh. And I was curious. Do you recall the moment where you realize I got this? I can do this. Well, that's very nice. Um, <laughs> again, I I love what you guys are saying. I never had that moment. I will say that I had, um, I saw my dad singing uh, karaoke. Um, so I grew up in Japan and uh, it was the thing. The thing to do was to go to karaoke bars, which at age four didn't seem weird to be going to a bar. <laughs> I have no idea why. But, um, but seeing him sing, uh, seeing my dad sing, sorry, seeing my dad sing Frank Sinatra I was like, whatever that is, I really want a piece of that, you know? Um, and so I I don't know if I ever will have the self-confidence of that statement of like, yes, like this is what I meant to do. But I will say that I have no desire to do anything other than this. And I feel, oh, they're telling us. Wait, what did they, what did they find? They found something on the web. You triggered my hey Siri. That's creepy. First time ever. Really? Oh my gosh. I wonder what this is. Yeah, I'm curious what it triggered. Yeah, what did it say? Nope. <laughs> um, it was it was a ghost. But yeah, I think uh, more than anything, it was just this uh, the this soulful draw to do this. Yeah. 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 Do you have a go-to karaoke song that you like to sing? Oh, yes, <laughs> of course. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Wow. That's... Just because you can involve people. That's you right. You can be yeah. running around. Um, I, but when I was younger, I, uh, for some reason, chose uh, Greatest Love of All by Whitney Houston. Nice. And by the way, I was not the type of singer where I sounded like Christina Aguilera, Um I was just a little child, uh, so I don't know why I chose that. But yeah, or No Scrubs TLC. Nice. Oh, just nice. if I'm being honest. Um, and uh, yeah, so a combo of those. Yeah. Your fearlessness, your breathtakingly original. You've taken all those influences, right? Some traditional, some on the fringe, and you've bent it into something so fresh and dangerous. It's exemplified, as we talked about in your stage performance as well. You're able to get yourself to a place where you're so vulnerable and open to the music. What do you attribute that swagger to and how, how did you find it? Mm. Again, love hearing you say that. Love hearing you say that I have swagger. <laughs> um, yeah, you do. <laughs> that is great. Honestly, it really feels as though I'm out of I'm I'm the most present in my body, but I also feel completely out of my body when I'm on stage. And I think that's what's so liberating about it. Right. And I also get to tap into this other side of who I am. I think when I am, you know, here talking to you guys, I I feel completely raw and honest. And, you know, I could tell you that I, you know, I love Harry Potter and <laughs> I love playing the Sims. And then when I go on stage, it's um, 
it's this part of me that uh, I get to tap into my power because I, I know as a fan of music and as a concert goer, how much it made a difference in my life when I saw someone embody their power because it showed me that it was possible. Um, So I think that I will always have those, you know, that contrast. Um, But it's, it's when I'm in this state, it is, you know, I don't want to say funny, but it's, it is funny to hear you say anything about swagger because um, it just feels like a, a, Maybe like alter ego, I guess you could say, for when I'm on stage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because the swagger exists in the music too, and not even mm-hmm. you know live performance aside, it's the beats that you're singing over, and the production you're singing over, and the words that you're choosing. Yeah, it's all swagger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all swag. Is it is it something that developed? It, it, like, can you follow the evolution of? Was it a, a conscious decision and in the beginning to to add that swagger? Was it something that you had to get used to doing? Ooh. I think it's it's truly just been something that I almost feel. Um, I was just going to say I feel like I have no control over, which sure. um, which sounds funny. Like I have no control over my swagger. <laughs> it's crazy. It just comes over me. Um, but truly, I think the more present I became in my body, and the um, the more self confidence that I had, it would come out in those ways. And and then also a lot of the people that I grew up uh, watching, uh, you know, it was like, I mean, even if you think of like My Chemical Romance, oh yeah, the stage yeah. performance, Hell and yeah. just there was it's it's either completely like warp tour land, um, you know, Panic at the Disco sort of uh, frame, or it's like Etta James, Aretha Franklin, yeah. um, and then the other one he, there is uh, Freddie Mercury, you know, yeah. so. I think a lot of my influences were these, that those were the type of performers that I grew up watching, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my favorite performance videos of yours is that, that Viva one you did of Tattooed on My Heart. Really? It is so oh. cool. <laughs> yeah. That song, by the way, it's, oh. it's a perfect song. It is, it sounds timeless. Oh. It's Thank that you. tumbling chorus melody is so satisfying. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's, it's, that's one of many memorable moments in that song. I would love to know how that song found you. Okay, great. I <laughs> I went to uh, London for 10 days. I was uh, fighting with my boyfriend, uh, now husband, now have a child. <laughs> um, and, and that was the trip where truly the entire album was written so it was i still love you and um and with that uh was this song called tattooed on my heart and it was with uh johnny coffer again and uh this artist named uh john newman uh and he's someone that i've always been a huge fan of and uh and yeah and and you never know how these sorts of things are going to go but my goal with writing is either to write with a close friend, if you know, if I'm going to write with someone, yeah. have it be a close friend or someone I really admire. So with John Newman, that really was the case. And um, we were finishing for the day. And um, right at the end, Tattooed on My Heart came to be. And um, it was the, uh, the guitar chords that John was playing. And um, 
I by the way, did you guys watch the Beatles documentary? No, yes. I haven't seen it. I you saw okay. it? That's great. It really is how yeah. writing happens where someone is playing. It, it basically just shows how some of the most iconic Beatles songs were written. Sure. Right. And uh, it really is that thing of you hear, <laughs> you know, someone is in the room playing some chords and you're like, huh, that that could be something. And they're like, really? Oh, well, you know, you think so? And then so that was um, I wanted to. Uh, I came in with the concept of, uh, yeah, tattooed on my heart of like, I can't erase this because so many of my tattoos are about him. And so I was going on this trip to escape and then I look at my body and it's, you know, covered right, in like, right. oh, these great times. And, <laughs> and part of, you know, the difficulty that I was having was I was still in love. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So it was a big, big shift. I'm glad that story ended well. It did. It did. Sobriety is a great thing. That's awesome. Yeah. So one doesn't have to go too far down the rabbit hole to see some of the darker influences in your aesthetic and music, right? The River video, one of the first things, is very unsettling and cool. Mm -hmm. And I remember when you celebrated one million subscribers and you did that crazy video where you, you're, the blood's yeah. coming out of your eyes oh, and yeah. you eating the cake cool. backwards. Yeah. Very creepy and cool. <laughs> I wanted to, to kind of yeah. dig into a little bit of that, uh, I guess, that influence and in bringing those elements into your work, that darker side. What do you like about instilling that in your work? Oh, well... I've always been a big Tim Burton fan. And then mixed with that, I've I my first introduction to um any sort of scary movie uh was either Misery yeah. uh or Saw. Nice. Um so it was like that world. I was curious, did you watch those in it was, it was Hong Kong or yeah, Japan? Yeah. In in Hong Kong. In Hong Kong, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh I think Misery might have been in Japan, uh, but I was a little young. But I remember <laughs> Yeah, I remember my mom telling me I had to watch it. Um, but also with Japan, there was like a lot of horror influences mm -hmm. uh, in terms of style and aesthetic. Like yeah. uh, around that time was The Ring. Yep. Yes. And there was the Japanese version. Right. So again, that was another big uh, influence. But uh, I think that visual that you're describing on my YouTube about, you know, celebrating one million subscribers. That's the type of stuff that when I go to sleep at night, I think of. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that excites me and makes me feel calm and makes me... That, that's the type of visuals that I like to execute. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's an interesting time frame now of, you know, finding that middle ground of... And there is no middle ground, really. Right. But trying to find that middle ground of... Um, of of diving into those fantasies of mine yeah while still uh, not being too scary got it um, right. yes right. no that makes sense <laughs> yeah it's also crept into your songs i mean yes. jekyll and hyde right yes. and even yeah. on revolution there's a little vampire lore yes in the lyrics yes. what do you enjoy about the metaphor of horror oh hmm well i think the first thing that i love so much is that there's there's no boundaries yeah and so when i was telling you about you know uh this idea of keeping things in that bubble and i, I think that there is there is something there that entices me a lot but i also okay th i have this theory and it's a little crazy but i want to hear your thoughts oh hell bring yeah it on, bring it on. Okay. <laughs> i feel like some of the like kinkiest craziest people um like haven't watched porn 
Sure. Yeah. Because they their minds get to go to a crazy place. That you know, isn't like, informed by anything, Like, there's a right? reason why fetishes exist, right. you know? And I feel that way with horror uh, in, in my life. Sure. Where sometimes the things that I didn't see allowed my imagination to go wild yeah. and, and to be yeah. so intrigued by those things. Yeah. If, if that makes sense. For sure. Okay. Yeah, that makes for sure. such yeah. sense. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. The Boo Crew will be... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Right back. Jennifer is the most popular girl in school. Her classmates are all dying to get close to her. And something else wants a piece of her, too. But Jennifer's got a few million close friends, and she's going to need every last one of them. From the master of suspense, Dario Argento, comes a film so terrifying it will make your skin crawl. Creepers, rated R from New Line Cinema. Absolutely no one under 17 admitted without parent. That said, let's get into Devil in Ohio. Oh, yeah. You've now done, uh, so one of the top yeah. shows in the world right now yeah. on Netflix. The Devil in Ohio. <laughs> there you go. So you do this incredible theme song, Lessons of the Fire. So you yeah. teamed yes. up with the show's composer, a guy by the name of Will Bates. Yes. So again, this is kind of, I believe this is the first time if you've had songs placed in like Scream and different TV series and things yes. before, some of the of darker nature. But this, I believe, is the first time you've actually had a hand in with the composer to actually make something kind of boutique for the movie, right? Yes, or bespoke yeah. for the movie, for yes. the show, right? It was, it was very cool. There was a little bit of that with 50 shades of gray. Okay. Um, but it was a cover of never tear us apart. Right. By NXS. And, uh, yeah, this was the coolest opportunity ever. I, I wrote it in bed and wow. just felt wow. myself like just, and truly with, um, with the incredible composition, you know, that arrived in my email and I was just sitting there and I just, I saw the whole, the whole thing, you know? Wow. Um, and so then I went in, I think it was like a week later and we, we spent more time getting along and chatting than we did with the recording. Cause it just, it just sort of happened. I came in and I said, I, you know, wrote this, I want to see what you think. And then that really weird, uh, bridge. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Was something that, um, I just, Came in and I said, I wrote this bridge. I don't know if you can, you know, add it in. Um, but I just sort of heard these creepy, you know, child, children's choir voices. Yeah. Doing these yeah. harmonies. And, and he he took it to the whole next level, like in the best <laughs> way. Um, and so I, I owe so much to him. But it was an incredible experience. Wow. Yeah. Did, did uh, the show's creators, anyone give you any like lyrical bullet points that you had to hit? Was there any, any kind of guideline or did you just kind of get to go into so it? So I got to watch the pilot. Okay. Oh. Yeah. I got to watch one. Yeah. Yes. 
And so um, I got to watch the pilot and then I uh, got to speak to Daria, um, who wrote the original book. Yeah. Um, And I was telling her a few of the verse ideas that I had and I was diving into this particular visual. She was and she said, you can't write that. I was like, oh, okay, why? And she goes, because that's happening in the second episode. <laughs> like, she was like, that's oh, wow. what's happening. No spoilers, yes. right, in so, the song. So it felt oh, like a good, it immediately felt like a positive connection. Yeah. You know? Like wow. we were on the same same world. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. Was, so that was before I got sent the composition. Okay. So we were just brainstorming and I was telling her a few of the ideas I had. Oh my God. So that was great. Is it the pilot episode that has the scene where May's saying grace? Oh, yes, yes. That's the best scene. Yes. It freaked, it freaked me out. Yeah. I remember what I saw, I was like, Lauren, you have to see this show. <laughs> yes. Just wait till she says grace. Yes. <laughs> I was like, wait, what did she just say? Yes. yes. Even the <laughs> intro, like the first 15 seconds, yeah. I feel, I mean, are very, you know, you're engaged to the minute yeah. it begins. No, yeah. definitely. No, yeah. it's, it's very, very intense. So since spooky season is on the horizon, what do you like to do in the fall? Like, do you like to do haunted houses go to universal or do you not like to get jump scared or go on haunted tours i love haunted hayride oh it's fun i think i am too scared of universal sure it's intense (laughs) it's very intense yeah 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 um but i think the thing that tops the list would be disneyland yes (sighs) i mean I, oh. I do love that whole experience and the way the haunted mansion is a little bit different. Yeah, right. During right. Halloween and the trick or treating when they do. Yes. Have you been to the trick or treating no, at Disneyland? Someone was just oh, telling oh my fun. god! Really? It, there's a, yeah. It's pointless to go trick or treating anywhere it's else. Bring a large, a large bag. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's insane. What? Yes. Yeah. So the yeah, park, how does it work? The park is at like half capacity yeah. I think it's very little capacity yeah like at a certain time at night they kind of you boot everybody up separate tickets and they like decorate the whole thing for Halloween and all the villains are out mm. and like <gasps> the creepy characters that you don't ever really see all come out and there's trick-or-treating there's like special shows I think yeah, yeah. <gasps> it's just the trick or treating is nuts, though, right? Yeah, because yeah. every every ride has like a trick or treat station, and they just dump the they stuff in your bag. So much candy, so cool. <laughs> but this Friday, we're going on oh. a Halloween Disney cruise. Yes, <laughs> yes. We are what? so excited. So it's all like hocus pocus themed. So the characters <laughs> are all dressed up like oh the three Sanderson sisters, and they're I think they're showing hocus pocus too on the. I ship. hope so. They and better are be. Kids, are your kids coming too? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, they're <gasps> so excited. They're like oh. counting down the days. It's, oh, it's so fun. Yeah, I it's love a big that. holiday. Yeah, wow. I strongly recommend the Disney. And where where does the boat go? <laughs> so it goes to Mexico. Yeah. So okay. we're going to Cabo and then Ensenada. It's five days, but they just love being on the ship because there's like characters and like their stage productions are insane they're like broadway level wow it's i can't believe we're like on a a ship and i keep asking and it's moving and they're just doing these incredible like broadway shows like and they're so nice it's like and it's so clean and i can't recommend it Oh my god, I love this. No, they need to sponsor. (laughs) Right, exactly. Exactly. They really do. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I think that you would love a place called Delusion. 
Am I right? Oh yeah, delusion. Yes. Yeah, I would recommend. Yes. Delusion's a very cool thing to what do around it? the Halloween season. It's a local thing. So basically, um, they find a historic uh, house just in a random place in LA and a team takes it over and they write a play around the house and it's scored. And basically you walk in a small group of 10 people and you become part of this play and it's like a haunted play. And as soon as you walk into the house, you're in a movie basically characters interact with you. Some members of your group will go off on other adventures with some of the actors and you all kind of, you know, is it similar to sleep no more? Exactly. That's what people say. Yeah. 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 So we've been doing it every year too. It's really, really cool. I would describe it as a beautiful experience. It's not, you know, it's not terrifying or any jump scare thing. It's just a beautiful, spooky play. Very much in the Tim Burton kind of realm. The one time, like they told us to run under, we were in like a mental hospital, right? Yeah, they 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 took over a mental hospital. Beds and all of a sudden the beds start levitating. Yeah, it was Whoa. crazy. Oh, yeah, like how do they do that? That was very, it's very crazy. Cool. I had very to cool. climb into a coffin to pull a key off of a skeleton, but you can always make other people in your group do the stuff oh you don't want to yeah, do. So you can sit and watch but it. you yeah. can volunteer. I just realized your standard for what's scary versus what's not might be different. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You're like, so when I was in the mental institution, <laughs> uh, let me tell you about it. <laughs> okay. You're like, no, no, no. When I was in the coffin. Yeah. I'm like, I wanted right. to, t- to touch on your, on your Tim Burton influence a yeah. little bit too. Yes. What is, uh, what is it that you love about the worlds that he creates? Oh, well, I do love the original story of Tim Burton of him being this sort of, um, uh, introverted sure. incredible um artist yeah. in the corner of disney that's where it began right, yeah yeah so i think sort of the origin story of of who he is is what originally drew me to him but again when you were talking about like creating those rooms and the rooms can be so vastly different from each other but the hope is in some ways that they're in the same house yeah really. uh, i feel that with with what he does um, and again, I, I feel like no matter what, I've been doing a little bit of like research about, you know, his his whole thing. And no matter what the budget was, they made it work. You yeah. know, they, right. they, they tried to not have any constrictions. They tried to not have any boundaries. So. Uh, so yeah, so that's that's where it all sort of began. Yeah, it's a real creative inspiration, yeah, right? Yeah. This whole journey for sure. Yeah, a new journey that you're on as a new mom. Congratulations! Yeah. By Thank the way. you. <laughs> Thank you. So I, I'm just curious because you know we've been Lauren and I have been through it now four times. I don't know how four times, but <laughs> this new part of your brain that an emotional well, I guess, that is uh, ignited by this new element of you that now exists in the world. What has that reality awakened in you creatively and, and what excites you about the potential that, um, how it changes the fabric for you moving forward? Mm, Well, I was working all throughout the pregnancy. And so there is something that I, I feel very connected when I am singing Mm -hmm. or when I am writing, um, with him, you know, so I think that is straight away really nice, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, it unlocks everything. It, I mean, it's, it is the craziest, coolest, most unique feeling ever, but also, you know, just cause we are in the talking about spooky things. I do believe that 
um, young children can see spirits. Uh-oh. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and he is only a month, okay? Uh-oh. Like a month and like 11 days. But I, and, and my husband is telling me not to project this onto him, but uh, onto my son. But I, you know, I, I really want him to see my sister. Sure. And I, I, I'm not supposed to. Okay, I'm not. I'm supposed to just allow it to happen, right? Right. 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 But sometimes he will look over my shoulder and like have the biggest smile. And anyways, I just I do think there is there is an innocence that children have that yeah. yeah, But I'm gonna try and not project. But I I have those little moments that I keep to myself. I mean, if my husband listens to listens to this, he'll know. But (laughs) um, but I'm sort of clocking these like cute moments. But yeah, but it it unleashes everything. Yeah, creatively makes you feel empowered and then in a super non-creative way it makes you have to be the most uh logistical and efficient you've ever been where you're like okay i have an hour to do this or you know uh yeah so that that's a whole other thing too yeah Yeah. no it definitely unlocks like god and and this is one thing too um when we had our first kid too everybody was talking oh it's the most glorious amazing thing but there's also those sides when I was like in the hospital, curled in the, up in a in ball on a floor, position. going, what have we done? <laughs> 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 that no one talks about. Today. But there are those moments. It's, yeah. you know, at yeah. the beginning, it's, the you know. colic and when they're right, not all sleeping that, oh, and you're right. so tired. Yes. And yeah. Yes. You know. It's rough. But it's okay. Right? Because that one thing yeah. that I've learned is it's all fleeting. Yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of what you're describing, too, is this primal thing that happens. Sure. Which is like. You're not sleeping because you're like, I have to keep this thing alive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I, I, the only comparison that I, I will say is when the sleep deprivation thing started happening, there is a vulnerability that comes from feeling not 100% on. Yeah. <laughs> where like you uh, are more transparent than normal sure. potentially yeah, or yeah. You, you, you have less ability to um, beat around the bush. And yeah. so I think that has been very eye-opening, you know, uh, that's made a difference. But it is really, you know, I just joined a, uh, like, Mummy and Me oh, class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those and are so fun. Oh, my gosh, you guys. <laughs> wow. First of all, the songs that you sing in <laughs> right, there. Right, right. Very cute. <laughs> the Shark the Doodle 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 song. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Row, Row, Row Your Boat. <laughs> right. um, yeah, classic. Uh, but in that class you see the honesty come out, yeah. which is yes. really great. So even you saying like the thing about digestion, I wouldn't have known that before, yep. you know, but apparently if you eat too, if you eat too many bananas or whatever, <laughs> it can affect the breast milk or whatever, all yeah. these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, it's just been the coolest, most eye-opening thing. But Halloween is interesting because he's at this age where it can't be too scary. That's right. Yes. You know, have you picked out his costume? I have. Ooh. Can I tell you what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, literally waiting for anyone to ask me um, what it is. Uh, it's a crocheted chicken. Oh, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yes. Oh, this feels like the lightest thing that I could ever talk sure, about on sure. your podcast. Right, no, Wait, did you make it yourself? I didn't, but I should have lied just now. Uh, <laughs> I felt that opportunity. I was like, we'll I should have lied. We'll, we'll do it again. We'll do it again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yes. Uh, but yeah, there's feathers on it. And oh, my God. Oh, gosh. Yes. That's, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. my god! Do you guys ever do like the whole family costume thing? I, we've never. I don't think we've ever done it. I've because that's a lot of kids. That you is. can do something. Yeah, it could yeah. be the Adams family. Right. Oh, that's good. Right. Something I like that. I think like they all have such strong personalities. Like one of our kids is born on Halloween. <gasps> and uh, yeah. Yeah. She's a. Uh, that is the coolest thing ever. It's so cool. I think. Before we had time, now they all have opinions, and they're like, "I'm not going to be that. Yeah, right, I'm going right. to be this. <laughs> like, yes, I want to yes. be. Yeah, it'd be hard to get them all to. But you know, when they're really young, you could do that. But you know, yeah, I don't know why we never did. Well, yeah, that. there's no teen that's like, I love that. I I, I want to dress up as a chicken. A crochet, <laughs> crochet, crochet chicken. chicken. That's outfit. what I want. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like oh I'm doing gosh. this because I can. Yeah, you know? yeah, awesome. and you do that as long yeah. as you can. Because right, right. I used to. Buy the most ridiculous <laughs> right. costumes at Pottery Barn Kids. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, really cute, like yeah. little foxes. They were always yes. animals, yes, because they're so cute. Yes, but now it's like, no, yeah. I want to be, I don't know, something crazy, <laughs> like an anime. Like the yeah, seven-year-old right. wants to be an anime. I'm like, you don't even watch anime. She's like, I still. I'm like, no. Oh my god, I love that. I wanted to talk about uh, your new material. So you have these yeah. three songs out right now: High Water, Art of Survival, and Revolution. I just wanted to know the thought process behind, I guess, having this music out there, kind of percolating and getting its moment, versus waiting and releasing an entire new album all at once, having them all available at the same time. What What do you like about each song, kind of getting its own moment? Ooh. Well, with High Water and Art of Survival, it was sort of a way to explain where I had been. Sure. You know, um, a lot of my time in COVID was with my sister mm-hmm. in the hospital. And so I think it was wanting to have a way to describe what had happened and kind of introducing myself again. Mm-hmm. And in the and because of COVID, there wasn't touring. And I feel like touring is really your opportunity to talk to the people in front of you yeah, yeah. and explain what you're going through, explain who you are in that moment on stage. Right. So to not have that, it was like, okay, let, why don't I have these songs both come out at the same time and be really direct. And then with Revolution, that was really, you know, about dipping my toe into, after I performed at Coachella, it was like all I, it, it, it was just the... That uh, that energy from stage made sure. me want to release Revolution. Like that was yeah. like, oh man, this would be so much fun yeah. to perform. And so that that sort of found its place. And then again, similar to Champion, it was like, hey, what if I look at this? Because High Water and Revolution were written on the same day. Oh wow! Because I came in and I was like, wouldn't it be amazing if I was in this space where I'm like, welcome to my revolution, you know, blah blah. Yeah. blah. <laughs> so that song was written, and then the bridge of uh, Revolution. We were trying to come up with it. And uh, I said, oh, could you actually continue playing those chords? And the truth of where I was really at and still am yeah. mentally uh, was high water. God, and so nice. that, so I started singing the chorus of high water. And a lot of those lyrics I had in my phone throughout the process with my sister, Kate. And so, uh, so yeah, so very contrasting, but again, felt like in weirdly yeah. in the same world. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they found themselves there. And then, is it Scott Chesick who yes. was producing? But yes. what do you like about the artist you are when you work with Scott? Oh, great question. <laughs> That's a great question. I think, I think it's interesting. I started working with him when I 
wasn't in label land. Like I had a break from being part of a label. And uh, so there was a lot of freedom in that. Mm -hmm. um, and there was no timelines, um, you know, and there was no structure in kind of a great way. And so I think because that was where we first began, the minute that a label did become involved or whatever, I already had had this foundation with him. Uh, so it was it was nice to have that. You know, I think I think the artist that I am is is free. Yeah. Yeah. Free. Yeah. Well said. Well yeah. said. Yeah. As we wrap up here, I want to say as parents of childhood cancer survivor, uh, one last thing I wanted to highlight before we wrap is a, a foundation that you've been using your voice uh, to elevate. And that's the Dear Jack Foundation. Yes. Can you briefly tell us what that's about and what people can yes. do to help? Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you for bringing that up. And I'm so sorry to hear that. Everything's um, okay. He's, he's doing goodness. good. Really? <laughs> okay. okay. But it's good. because of foundations like this yes. that people have those outcomes, yeah. right. right? So it's yeah. important. Right. Well, you know the artist, Jack's Mannequin? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So this is actually his foundation. Um, and what drew me to it was there was a lot of emphasis on mental health and support for um, the person that was going through it and their families. Yeah. And there was a lot of, um, uh, it basically is, creating something specific for that person. And so um, for, for someone, they might want to have an introduction to yoga, you know, sure, right. and, and uh, it really is specific to each person. So uh, that was really important with releasing high water to make sure that I did bring up that foundation and, and have a, have a place for the proceeds to go. Well, Bishop, Thank you so much yes. for allowing us this opportunity yeah. to, to speak with you. It is such, such an honor. And yes. congrats on the continued success and new family. And uh, on behalf of everyone who has experienced and will experience your work, we are so lucky yeah. to having you uh, inspiring all of us on our own journey as well. Yes. Thank you, guys. You're this awesome. Is the most You're thoughtful, awesome. coolest interview ever. Oh, so my God. Oh, thank, thank you. you. It's an honor, thank honor. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. That was the Boot Crew Podcast, episode 363. Special thanks to our guest, Bishop Briggs. Follow her at Bishop Briggs on Instagram. Music for this episode from Bishop Briggs. Production tracks provided by Powerman 5000. Till next time, this is Trevor. And on behalf of myself, Lauren and Leo, it's the Boot Crew saying, sweets. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation. Part of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Bye. A Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Home of the Boo Crew. For horror-centric interviews. SCP archives. Weekly full cast storytelling. Horror queers. Genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective. And creepy. For disturbing and terrifying creepy pastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.